Hello, and welcome to another episode of Prosecco and Ponies with Tony. Grab a drink, my friend, because today I am going to spill the motherfucking tea on some of my brushes with fame. <laughs> and I'm also going to talk a little bit about my constant disappointment in losing the popularity game of life. I'm going to talk a little bit about what it is like to be unpopular in the industry that you've chosen as a career. And I'm going to throw in some stories about the run-ins that I've had with people of the famous kind. So stick around, listen to these stories, feel like you're not alone, and <laughs> cringe with me on this path. Please, please, don't, don't leave me hanging. Before I get started on this tea spilling, shade throwing extravaganza, I have a couple shout outs I'd really just like to give. My friend Christine is this amazing coach and mentor. She's She does videos and online meditations. She's just so wonderful. She gave me some feedback from my first couple episodes and I just, I don't have it in front of me, but she basically told me to stop apologizing and I realized that I, I do that fairly often. I think I've always felt like I've had to apologize for who I am. I grew up with a really abusive stepdad. It sort of is like, if you're close to me, if you know a lot about me, you know he wasn't he really wasn't a nice person. And I think I just always really felt like I had to apologize for who I was, for what I was doing. And it sort of is something that I've carried with me even into my 30s. And it's something that I work on all the time. So she was like, hey, you need to stop apologizing because you are who you are. And she's right. And I'm trying, but I'm, you know, I'm a human. I'm doing my best. So thank you, Christine. I'm, I'm going to do my best not to apologize through this. The other thing that I want to say is people have been just so mind-blowingly wonderful for from the feedback that they've given me on my two uh, released episodes, just old co-workers, friends, people that I went to elementary school with have been just so wonderful and said the nicest things. But I wanted to read one of them to you really quickly because this one really got me because this was what I was hoping for. So one of my wonderful Instagram friends, he goes by the name of Biscuit Floater. He's fabulous. His message to me got me like right in the chest. I'm going to read it. So he said, it was like sitting around bullshitting with a friend that you've known forever. That is all that I want. That's it. I'm literally just a girl, an awkward artist, photographer, dreamer, dog mom, wife, whatever. I'm just a girl with a microphone and opinions. I just want like an outlet. That's it. And I think that's all anybody ever wants. Like we want to be heard. We want to be understood. And we want to know that we're not alone. And what better way to do that than to connect with people with a podcast and social media. Anyways, I really wanted to say um, just kind of a quick shout out to those two people in particular just right now. Obviously, I have a lot of people to thank and say nice things about. But those two people in particular, just in the past little bit, like that message really got to me because that is all that I'm going for. So, and Christine, oh, she just, she's so wonderful. Anyways, and everybody has been so supportive. Not one person has said a mean thing to me, which like, knock on wood, 
knock I've been so lucky for because you know the internet can be a pretty mean place oh my god just today I'm not even kidding you on an Instagram post that I did somebody messaged to tell me that I was pretty for a big girl but what I was doing was inappropriate you know what the internet can be a pretty harsh place so I just wanted to take a second and kind of shout those out so getting into it I have a few stories for you I want to say I have never, ever been popular. I've never been a popular person. I, growing up like elementary school, junior high, high school, I wasn't ever popular. I was always kind of um, like I was a horse girl, right? I was like an awkward kind of farm girl. And then I became a goth girl. And you know what? None of those, neither of those really scream a Miss Popular. Like I'll tell you that much. And I've never been like a super skinny girl. I've never been a super pretty girl. Nothing is really ever, I mean, I don't think, nothing's ever really stood out about me that has been like special or popular. So take these for what you will. I'm honest to God, I'm not trying to make like a self-deprecating like, oh my God, I'm not popular. Please feel bad for me. That's not what this is about. I just, I think that other people are going to be able to relate to some of this. And so if you felt ever like you don't fit into anything, then fuck, I am your girl. (laughs) Let me tell you that. My mom, I think I said this in uh, my first podcast, but my mom worked in a music store. So she worked in a music store from when I was inside of her belly to we moved to a small town and I was about 11. So I was like just leaving grade six, going into grade seven. So obviously I'm at my fucking prime peak of awkwardness but my mom worked at a music store and she always used to get concert tickets she used to get free cds and all these wonderful things so when I was about in grade three I had my first brush with fame so cool um (laughs) when I was in grade three my mom took me to a concert and it was a country concert and it was Martina McBride and Clint Black you might know who they are. You might not. I don't think uh, Clint Black, I, I'm not sure how popular he is. Martina McBride, she had like Independence Day and uh, a bunch of other songs. So I got to see them in concert when I was in grade three. And then we got to go backstage and meet them. And I remember being in grade three and Martina McBride was so nice. Oh my God, she was just the nicest lady. And I, the only thing I remember about Clint Black was that he had like a really skinny bum. (laughs) He had a cowboy hat and a skinny bum. Those are the only two things I remember. So, but Martina McBride, she was the same height as me. Oh my God. She's tiny, 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 but I got to meet them. So that was sort of my first brush with fame. I've never been one of those people that's been like, oh, I have to get signatures. And I've never really been sort of like a like a fame chaser, I guess you could call it. Even on my Instagram or social media, like I don't really follow uh, a lot of famous people. I more just follow people that I find really inspiring, like the guys from Workaholics. Oh my God, I love them so much. That's one of my favorite shows and I might even do a podcast about that just at some point. But I follow them. Of course, I follow like a few bands, Marilyn Manson, obviously, because he's like one of my, he's one of my heroes. I don't have a lot of heroes, but the ones that I do, I'm like obsessed with. Um, I follow a lot of photographers because I have, like I definitely have some photographic heroes, which I will get into a little bit later. So 
Meeting Martina McBride and Clint Black was probably my first run-in with fame and this whole hype of like people getting autographs and going backstage to meet and da-da-da-da. So anyways, fast forward, fast forward, <laughs> a few years. So now I'm 16. Ooh, was I? Yeah, I was 16. Here's where it gets dirty. Mom, it's, here it goes. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I'm an open book and my mom and I are, were very close. And so I'd say my mom probably knows everything that I'm about to say. <laughs> but I will say, if you don't want to hear about sex and drugs, then this is not going to be the podcast for you. And that's fine. That's your warning. And Christine, that wasn't an apology. It was just a warning. Anyways, uh, so... I was about 16. I was dating this boy named James who my mom was not fond of. My mom was usually pretty good about these boys that I would be bringing home and hanging out with. But this one in particular, she did not care for. And I don't know why he was so fucking nice. Anyways, that's not what this is about. So I was 16 and he tells me he's going to take me to this concert. And it's this great great metal band, uh, a bunch of great metal bands, because I've always really loved heavy music. So he takes me to this, uh, he takes me to this concert, and it's fucking, it's awesome. Like, it's so good. We're in the pit. We're having a great time. And I get approached by a person who says, hey, do you, like, what's up? You want to meet some of the band backstage? And I was like, yes I do and he's like do you do drugs and I was like I'll do whatever I was 16 you you learn some things anyway so he takes me out of the building and we we go and uh you know some stuff happened there were drugs lots of drugs on the bus I'm not gonna say what bands they were because I was I was underage and these people definitely were not they were definitely over 18 doing stuff that they probably shouldn't be doing with 16 year olds but I knew what I was doing the whole time it wasn't like don't start this isn't like a whole like oh my god me too blah 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 that's not what this is this is just a story I knew what I was doing I knew what I was getting into I've always been a very street wise kid so I knew what I was doing anyways that's not what this is about (laughs) this is about popularity and meeting famous people I met them (laughs) so about an hour into my uh, foray into fame with famous people. Well, I say famous. They're not fucking famous. I hear, we hear banging. There's like a, sort of like a kerfuffle going on outside and it sounds like something's hitting the bus that I am on. And I hear someone say, that guy's throwing rocks at the bus. And I look out the window and it's my boyfriend who knows now that I'm on a bus uh, with a band with two bands actually and he's throwing he's outside trying to get around security to throw rocks at the bus and so that I like even saying that I feel so bad I should I do I do feel bad because you know why he was such a nice guy he didn't deserve that but we broke up not that long after that which is a good thing because he was actually friends with the man that I married and it's probably better that I did not meet my my now husband back then because it probably wouldn't have gone very well anyway so fast forward a couple months later and now I'm dating this like cool guy with green hair who I saw at a Motley Crue concert the year before I think we'll probably do a podcast about that one day but anyways doesn't matter right now it's not super relevant it is relevant but it's not you'll get it so I'm dating Jared and you know we are like young and fiery oh my god so he gets me concert tickets to 
Danzig. And I'm going to say the name of this this person because nothing happened. It was totally fine, all innocent. Um, but it definitely started a fight that still continues 20 fucking years later to this day. So when people are like, oh my God, guys don't hold grudges the way girls do. Bitch! Oh, they fucking do. Anyway, so he takes me to Danzig. I have... Uh, like a, a massive crush on Dan- Danzig. He's sort of as like a back in the days, like a goth icon. And I was so goth. And, you know, he has these great songs like Mother and whatever. Like I know he was on the soundtrack for Hangover, blah, blah, blah. So he takes me to Danzig. And Danzig was, first of all, Danzig for an old guy. He put on a fucking amazing show, but doesn't matter. So Jared goes to the bathroom and I'm hanging out in the lobby just waiting. And again, somebody approaches me and says, hey, like, did you, uh, what's up? Did you want to meet Danzig? And I was like, uh, do unicorn shit cupcakes, sir? Yes, I would like to meet Danzig. So he just hands me a backstage pass just like that. I didn't have to, he just literally handed it to me. And I was like, okay, this is obviously the best night ever. So Jared gets out of the bathroom and I'm like, guess what? We're going to go meet Danzig. And he's like, what are you talking about? And so I show him the backstage pass and now he's mad. He's like, how'd you get that? Like, well, this person just like I pointed and like this guy just gave it to me. He's like, what did you do? Like nothing. I didn't fucking do anything. Anyways, I still I say I was streetwise, but sometimes those things when it's happening in the moment, you don't really catch on to it. Right. So he's like, okay, like obviously they gave you that pass because they want you to go fuck Danzig. And I was like, no, that's not, that's not true. Uh, no, it, it was true. <laughs> oh my God. So I was like, no, you're, so we have a fight in the lobby and I'm mad and I'm like ready to cry and leave. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get you a backstage pass. He's like, no, they're not going to give you one. So I'm very persuasive and I feel like I can Oftentimes, and I think my friends can attest to this if you're if they're listening, I can sometimes convince people to do things that they maybe don't necessarily always want to do because I know sometimes what is in people's best interest and they can't see it for themselves. So I did convince them to give me a backstage pass for Jared. It took a bit. <laughs> it took some pleading, but they did give me a backstage pass and Jared was right. <laughs> That's the first and only time you're ever going to fucking hear me say that too. So we go, so the concert's over and I'm so like, I'm like bouncing with excitement because I think it's so cool. I'm going to get to meet this Danzig. And so we get to the security door to go backstage and they let me in and then they stop Jared and he's like, well, I have a pass. And they're like, how'd you get that? (laughs) And so that should have been my first clue. But we get up to this, uh, so it's in this old theater here in Winnipeg, and we we go up and we get to the second level where the backstage thing is. And I look around and it's all, there's like a handful of security people and all the most beautiful goth women on the planet. Everybody looks like supermodels. They're all like beautiful, long black hair and like lip rings and chest tattoos and everybody's so beautiful and cool and then there's like Jared and I (laughs) and so I look at him and I'm just like oh fuck like I can kind of see why he's mad now because it's only girls and security and security was eyeballing the shit out of him so I did end up meeting Danzig I got an autograph because like what else are you gonna do I guess and and it wasn't what I had hoped it would be he was uh my height 
you know what? I'm not going to shit. I'm not going to shit on him. He's great. But he, you know, when you kind of have this image of someone built up, like I thought he was going to be like six foot five and beefy and he wasn't any of those things. And then I realized like, oh, he's going to fuck all these girls too. Like, meh. so anyways, that was a little bit disappointing. And it's still, you know, we still, that's, that was 20 years ago and we, I'll still argue about it because I didn't know. I felt like, oh, he's just, this guy's being so nice. Like, he probably knew I was a big super fan. So he gave me this backstage pass, but that is, that wasn't why he gave it to me. So anyways, it doesn't matter. But so that was maybe my first couple forays into meeting famous or whatever you would call them people. You know, metal artists aren't really, I guess you can't really call them that famous, but uh, in the in the world of music, but in my world, they're famous. So I guess that's important, right? So then later, fast forward another few years, I start working at uh, the big department store that I talked about. It's called the Bay Downtown uh, in Winnipeg. And that, oh, seriously, I have such good memories from that place. It's like working in a big old department store like that is so cool because there's hidden things. There's sub-basements and tunnels and blah, blah, blah. I'm sure I've said that in the first episode, but um, it was really cool. And Back in the day, it was like pretty, it was pretty fancy. And so, so many famous people would go through there because Winnipeg actually gets a lot of uh, movies being filmed here. I don't know if it's because it's cheap. It's certainly not because the weather is good. But so I've met Kirstie Alley. She, like if you haven't, maybe a lot of people probably maybe don't know who that is because I feel like the demographic for this is maybe a bit young, but she is so beautiful. She was in Cheers and she, and look who's talking. Oh my God. She is so much more beautiful in person than even the TV or movie screen can show. Like when she walks, she like glows, like she's so beautiful. So I met her. Um, I met Gina Gershon. Uh, I'm trying to think of what she was in. I, uh, I think she was in a stripper movie. I can't think of what it was. Gina Gershon is so beautiful. She doesn't even look like a real human, honestly. She's so beautiful and she's the best lips. on. Like she is the kind of lips that people pay like huge money for. I met Susan Aglukark and she is like a, she's a Canadian singer. Probably a lot of people don't know who that is. I met Helen Hunt. She was at the Bay Downtown. She bought perfume from me. So that was kind of neat. Also, one time, not to brag or anything, but the guy from the Black Eyed Peas, he said I had cool hair. So that was kind of cool. I was walking. I had a, a lunch break and I was walking back from my lunch break and Black Eyed. This was way before Black Eyed Peas were really popular, but it's not Will I Am. It's the other guy. And I'm so I'm so I should have just written his name down because now I just sound like a fucking idiot. I saw him and they were playing in Winnipeg and he had a, a gaggle of these like beautiful Amazonian women around him. And I heard him say, hey, cool hair. And I was like, whoa, he's talking to me because there's nobody else here with uh, pink hair. So thanks, man. Um, and he like gave me a thumbs up and I gave him a thumbs up and then just kept moseying on. Then also one time Jeremy Sisto came to the counter and I just think that guy's so cool because May, there's a movie called May and it's one of my favorite movies and he was the lead guy in that movie. And so I was working at Estee Lauder and I heard one of the girls from another counter go, oh my God, that guy is a puppy. And so I stood up and looked and sure enough, this giant god is walking towards me and it's Jeremy Sisto and he's very tall and he's super handsome and he's holding a puppy and he asked me for directions. So I gave him directions and then almost fainted after. So I've had a couple brushes with celebrity, but 
like I said, I've never been a popular person, but I have people and I don't have like a ton of people that I sort of like, I guess I'm obsessed over, but well, I have a few. Okay, so this is sort of my my second part of this podcast about not being popular in my industry. So I'm sure I've said this before, I'm a photographer and I have a ton of uh, local photographers that I look up to and I'm not trying to throw shade at them. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but I want to give examples so people don't think I'm fucking crazy. Like, oh, what are you talking about? You're not popular. I'm really not. And these are some examples of how I know that I'm not popular in my industry. So there's a few local photographers that I met up with at a concert called Interstellar Rodeo. And I was super lucky and I won tickets through a local radio station to get a press pass to shoot in the press pit at Interstellar Rodeo. And one of my heroes, my song heroes, uh, her name is Sarah Sleen. She's a Canadian singer-songwriter. I've been listening to her music for like 10 years. She's so, she's just just so incredible. I think I've seen her concert like seven times. She's amazing. And she was performing a band from Saskatchewan that I love. They're called The Dead South. They were performing. Beck was performing. And so I won tickets from a local radio station to shoot in the press pit at this concert, which was like the highlight of my year that year. So I get to the concert and I ran into some a girl that I knew and I used to work with her at a place called Zeller's and her and I I always thought her and I got along really well until I became a photographer and then uh she seemed to have a problem with me which I, I could never really understand because when we worked at Zeller's we got along really well and I always thought she was really nice and then I would run into her like at camera stores and at random places and she would be really, really kind of shady and standoffish to me. So I'm not sure if maybe she thought like, oh, I was competition. I don't know. I don't know why people get like that. I'm nobody's competition. I'm really not. But she started to treat me very differently than she had in the past. So I'm not really sure what happened there. Anyways, her and this other guy are kind of local, incredible photographers, and they were such dickheads to me in that little press pit. Like, they would purposely stand in my way and um, not acknowledge that I was even there as a human. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, that that happens, and there's not really anything I can do about it, but it's so confusing because I, I've never been a competitive person. I'm not here to step on anybody's toes. My clients are very different from their clients, so I'm not really sure what the problem is. But anyways, they they both seem to really have really have a problem with me that day. Not sure what that was. But there's another local photographer who I have looked up to for a really long time. Their work is amazing, amazing, amazing. She does a lot of uh, really beautiful, really inspiring work. And you know, it's hard as an artist. I think that sort of is our job to like look at what other people are doing and be inspired by it and, you know, not copy it, but be inspired by it. Take it as, you know, a challenge of like, oh, I want to get to that level. I want to, I want to be there. I want to have sort of like the connection that they have with their clients and blah, blah, blah. And so I just really look up to this person and I've taken classes with her. She's on my Facebook and I thought that we had a really good rapport. We know a lot of really, um, we have, you know, we know a lot of the same people because the Winnipeg photography, 
business is not that big. Like, you know, if you if you've seen Instagram, you've probably, you know, if you've searched the hashtag of your city, you've probably seen a lot of the local photographers work. And Winnipeg, again, is not that big. Manitoba, just in general, is not that big. So if you're into it, you become very familiar with the work of your peers, right? And it's not to copy, it just is to be, to kind of like be in the know and know what's going on. So anyways, last year, I saw that one of my hero photographers, and her name is Brooke Shaden, she is incredible. She's just such a visionary. She was teaching a workshop in Toronto, and I love Toronto. If you know anything about me, you'll know I want to move to Toronto so badly. And Brooke Shaden was teaching a class in Toronto. It was a one-day class, and I was like, okay, that is perfect because one of my best friends, his name's Hirsch, He lives in Toronto and I was like, hey, this is going to be perfect because I can go to Toronto, I can stay with Hirsch, I can visit with him and I can go to Brooke Shaden to this one day sort of like uh, seminar teaching that she was giving. And also one of my other best friends, Maggie, she lives in New York State. So I was like, okay, this is so cool because she can come to Toronto and she can meet me and like I can visit with Hirsch, I can visit with Maggie, I can go to Brookshade and this is going to be incredible. So plan my trip. I'm so fucking pumped and it was amazing. I had the best time. Um, I stayed with Hirsch for a few days. I stayed with Maggie came and we got an Airbnb for a few days and we just had the best the best time. Uh, Maggie, she's a makeup artist. She's a hairstylist. She's a business owner. And she's one of the funniest fucking humans on the planet. And when you get her and I together, it she's Italian and she never shuts the fuck up. And I love that about her so much. Um, we talk almost every single day. Uh, I'm going to plug some of her Instagram and YouTube stuff after. Uh, but I just like, anyway, so so I stayed with Hirsch, I stayed with Maggie, and I go to this Brooke Shaden thing. So a little story about going to Brooke Shaden. So I'm in the Airbnb and Maggie's supposed to come into Toronto that day. So the plan is I'm going to go to Brooke Shaden, do that class, and then she's taking the bus from her city in New York. Uh, she doesn't live in the New York City. She just lives in New York State. So she's taking the bus from her city to Toronto and we're going to meet that evening. So I go, I book my Uber because I don't know, I've only been to Toronto a few times and I don't really know my way around. And my Airbnb is nowhere close to, nowhere close to the hotel where the conference is at or the the class. So I book my Uber and so that morning, my Uber picks me up and I'm so I'm so nervous and excited because I know I'm meeting one of my photographic heroes. Also, one of my best friends on the planet is coming to meet me in Toronto. So like this whole the whole trip was just I was like a, a basket case every single day of like crazy emotion. So anyways, I booked my Uber And it's about, it's supposed to be a 25 minute ride from my Airbnb to the hotel. And so halfway, less than, less than halfway to the hotel that the seminar is at, my Uber driver stops, we're at a light for a long time and he realizes that the way that he's trying to go, the street is actually blocked off for a marathon and it was Father's Day and I... I don't have have a dad. Uh, so Father's Day sort of is like kind of, I don't know, I'm not, I'm never excited about it. So 
anyways, uh, so it's Father's Day. So apparently there's a Father's Day marathon running right through the city. And my Uber driver, instead of like going around, he actually kicked me out of the cab. So he basically looks at the map and in kind of broken English tells me that it would be better for him if I got out of the cab and just walked. And I was like, no, I don't know where I'm going. And he's like, oh, do you have a map on your phone? And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's not like you already have my money. And he's like, oh, well, it's much better for me if you just get out and walk. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going. Anyways, he kicks me out of he kicks me out of the Uber and I, I have Google Maps on my phone and I look at the map. So now I'm crying because I'm flustered. If you know anything about me, I am very sensitive. I cry really easily because I don't know how to process my emotions properly. So when I'm too excited I or if I'm nervous, I just either I over talk or I cry. I have no in between. He kicks me out. I'm looking at the map. I'm crying and I see that I have 15 minutes to get to the class and Google Maps is telling me that it's like an 18 minute walk. And I'm like, fuck, I have a sweater. I have a backpack. I have my camera, notebook, like all the things that I was going to need for this little seminar. So I hoof it to that seminar. I run and I run and I run. And I am not a runner. I am not a runner. I've run a 5k once in my life. I'm not a runner. I fucking hate running and I have anxiety. So I'm like in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be late. They're going to lock the door. I'm going to not get to meet Brooke and I'm freaking the fuck out. So I get to the hotel with one minute to spare and who is at the front door but like this goddess that I've followed for years, Brooke Shaden. She's greeting everybody personally as they walk into the door. And now I'm pouring sweat. I've cried half of my makeup off on the way. And now I have to be like, oh, hi. She's like, hey, it's, it's okay. Like you're totally on time and blah, blah, blah. And she's so nice. When you are in a city that you don't really know and you get kicked out of an Uber and you're flustered and you're going through all these emotions and you see a familiar face, I mean, the feeling of that is just overwhelming. So I look and who do I see but this local photographer that is on my Facebook, I've taken classes with them. So I see her and I'm like, oh my God hey, what are you doing here? And she says, oh, I was just, I was in town and I saw that Brooke was here. So I thought I would come to this class. I'm like, oh my God, that's so crazy. So in my head, I'm thinking this is going to be the best day because like I've got two photographic heroes here. Like I can sit with this one and learn from this one. It's going to be just the most amazing day. <laughs> but this photographer had a different, <laughs> she had a different plan in mind. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. And so she says, oh, and sorry, what's your name again? And I said, oh, it, it's Brittany. And she says, oh, it's really good to meet you. And I said, oh, okay, like I've I've met you before, like you're on my Facebook. I took a class with you. And she's like, oh, really? Oh, okay. And she sort of is like playing like, oh, I don't remember you. And if you've seen any photos of me, I like I don't look like a lot of other people. I have uh, I have lip rings, I have piercings, right? Like I have tattoos and really colorful hair. And I feel like I'm not like this sort of like kind of like scrawny wallflower that blends into the background. But whatever, she meets a lot of people. She's got a million clients. So I'm like, OK, so I give her the benefit of the doubt. Like, OK, maybe she really doesn't remem remember me. And that's fine. You don't have to fucking remember me. But so she says, oh, you know, maybe you just look different. And I was like, mm, yeah, no, I, I don't 
I don't think so. But yeah, maybe. And she says, oh, okay, okay, well, enjoy the class. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you too. And then she says, so how's your business going? So in literally the same sort of paragraph, she pretends to not know who I am, but then she knows that I have a business. What the fuck? So that threw me off. That really threw me off. And it definitely hurt my my little artist feelings for sure. When I say that I'm not popular in my industry, it's sort of those examples like this person that I've is on my was on my Facebook. Uh, I've taken classes with them. This person that I used to work with and um, another person that I see around all the time as a local photographer, like, man, they were just so shady to me and I just don't understand it. I just don't get it. So anyways, whatever. It's not a big deal, but it just is when I say I'm not popular, like I will tell you I'm not. <laughs> really not popular. That's okay. That's okay. But it just was kind of hurtful when you're like, oh, wow. Okay. So you don't know who I am, but you know that I have a business, which is very, that's a little conflicting, but okay. Anyways, that day was, it ended up being so amazing because I thought after this person gave me so much sort of shade, I thought, well, fuck you, man. I'm not going to sit with you. And so I found this, uh, aisle of ladies and, um, I sat with them and they were so, so wonderful. And I made connections for life. And Brooke Shaden gave just the most incredible and inspiring speech about making your legacy and expressing yourself creatively through your art and blah, blah, blah. And it just, it was the best day. And then I met up with Maggie after that. And it got even better because we went for ramen and I got to hug her for the first time in a year. And We just had the absolute best time. Maggie had actually never been to Canada before. That was her very first time. She had never had a Caesar before, which I think is the most fucked up thing. Uh, Her and I have been having arguments for years about like if a Caesar is better than a Bloody Mary. And it obviously is. And when I have her as a guest on the show, uh, I want to actually have her as a guest about long distance friendship because her and I have clearly we've we've been friends since 2012. So it's been a long time. We've gone through a lot together and it's really hard having a sister basically that lives so far away. Uh, But we really make it work and we try to see each other as often as possible. We were actually supposed to see each other this past weekend. I was going to go to Toronto for a clogging uh, workshop, a (laughs) clogging um, convention in Buffalo. So I was going to go to that and then go stay with her for a few days and hang hang out at her house and at her salon that she owns. And that didn't happen because of all the crazy 2020 COVID-19 bullshit that we're just not going to talk about because we've all had enough of that. And I just, yeah. Anyway, so I was supposed to be with her this past weekend. So um, I want to have Maggie on the show at some point uh, to talk about how we maintain our long distance friendship and how we met because nobody, number one, nobody believes how we met. And then when we do tell people how we met, everybody looks at us like we're fucking insane. We met on the internet and I don't feel bad about it. Okay, people meet on the internet all the time and they drive across countries to have sex or whatever like people meet on the internet all the time people do online dating and blah 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 and it just so happened that we became like the closest friends on the planet and uh people everybody thinks it's crazy because we didn't actually meet in person until we had already been friends for like five years so Yeah, everybody thinks we're crazy, but I'd like to have her on the show at some point and I know she'll be totally up for it. So 
those are some of my stories about uh, not being popular and meeting popular people. You know, sometimes it goes really well and it's a really good idea and everybody has heroes. I still have so many people that I would give so much to meet, like Maria Brink from In This Moment. Honestly, her and Brooke Shaden actually. So Maria Brink from In This Moment, the singer and band and Brooke Shaden, my photographic hero, they actually collaborated on uh, In This Moment, some of their last album art, and it just is so breathtaking. So I am somebody that I'm like, I get really inspired by people like that, um, that are just sort of living their living their dream and not really apologizing for who they are, which is something that I'm working on because I'm human. But yeah, so those are... <laughs> Those are some of my stories. My last one is a little bit cheesy and I don't care. So I love paranormal and um, mysteries and all of those like things that go bump in the night. I am obsessed. I am obsessed with creepy shit. If you look at my phone, I either have like naked people and art or scary stuff. I have no in between. I love creepy stories and I love talking about UFOs and skinwalkers and ghosts and blah 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 all of those things and that is going to be that's going to be another podcast I'm going to do that separately because I know there's a lot of people that don't like that stuff but I want to fucking talk about it and it's my podcast so I'm going to talk about whatever I want to talk about when I was really little my stepdad who I have sort of just kind of touched base on he was uh he was a, a pure straight up piece of shit but he did have amazing taste in books. And so when I was little, he had this book by a Manitoba author named Chris Redkowski. And I'm going to say his name uh, because I don't have anything bad to say about him. It just was, uh, it was a bit awkward. That's all. So Chris Redkowski, he is a Manitoba author. He researches UFOs and paranormal things and blah 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 so when I was about mm, probably eight my stepdad Dave had this book by Chris Rutkowski it was the very first sort of creepy true I guess true story creepy book that I really had any interaction with and that was my sort of introduction into UFOs and paranormal so I have loved Chris Rutkowski since I was like eight I thought like oh man how cool is that? Like people give him all these stories. He gets to write books. Like it's so neat because like I've said before, one of the reasons I wanted to start a podcast was because I love stories. I love listening to stories. I love hearing other people's stories. I love telling stories. And so this guy was like living my, as a child, he was like living my dream life. Like he got to read about scary shit and write about scary shit and go to fields to look for crop circles and all this cool stuff. So I saw in, we have a thing called the Leisure Guide. So the Leisure Guide comes out every season. So four times a year. And I just happened to look through the Leisure Guide and see that Chris Rutkowski was doing a, uh, like a two week workshop on mysterious Manitoba. And I was like, holy shit bananas. Yes. I signed up and I forced some other people. I didn't force them. They wanted to. So it was around Halloween and I got the, it was myself and a, my husband and a couple other people. We did this uh, mysterious Manitoba seminar with Chris Rutkowski and oh man, did I ask 
questions. Holy. So I felt so starstruck by him and I don't know why. I think just because I think what he does is so cool and I have no chill. Like I said, I'm very awkward and uh, when I'm nervous, I either I over talk because I'm trying to compensate for my nervousness or I cry. Like those are, that's what I do. And so in this class, I was so nervous because he was so fascinating and I just wanted to know everything that he was talking about. And so I would ask like question after question after question. And he just sort of like, he, I think he kind of just wanted to do the class and then go home. Like I don't, he definitely did not want to fangirl <laughs> by any means. And I fangirled like I've never fangirled before. And so at one point, and this is no shade on him, but at one point, I think he just had like kind of, you know, he was kind of, it was right at the end of the class and he said, does anybody have more questions? And you should never say that to me because I will always have another question. So I put my hand up and then he said, oh good, more questions. And that, <laughs> it definitely crushed my heart a little bit because I was like, I know that I'm driving him insane, but I can't stop and I just want to know more tell me more about the crop circles because I have so many stories that I want to talk about. Anyway, so at the end of the last class, um, my husband actually bought me his book and uh, because I, I don't have that copy anymore, obviously, I'm sure Dave still has it because he's, you know, a piece of shit. But anyways, uh, so Jared bought me the book and he got Chris Rakowski to sign it for me. And I actually think that might be the only signature that I've ever been excited for. So I am going to end this podcast with a story that I've not really told a lot of people. Um, it's not something that I talk about a lot because it's not something that I'm super proud of. I don't like confrontation. I really don't. Um, I don't feel like I need to start arguments with people for no reason. If somebody is a dickhead to me in line, I don't, I don't know. I, I just really don't like confrontation. And so that might come from my childhood of always having to have confrontations with my stepdad. So I really just shy away from it quite a bit. But I want to say years ago, I was at a restaurant and I saw a girl that I knew from elementary school. And Back in the day when I saw her, I was still sort of like just kind of coming out of my goth phase. So I had like a really white face, like I wore like really, really light makeup and really dark eyeliner with like designs all over and I had black hair and I mostly only wore like Marilyn Manson t-shirts. And so I was at this place and I was with my boyfriend and a couple friends and I saw this girl that I knew from elementary school. And I said, oh my God, this is like another one of people acting like they don't know who I am. <laughs> so it seems to be a trend in my life of people pretending they don't fucking know me. Anyway, so I said, oh my God, hey, da da da. And I said, I said, hey, we went to elementary school together. Now this girl was a, when I was in school with her, she was super popular, very, she had like, she came from a really wealthy family who took her to fucking Disney all the time and and not that that's bad, like good for you. But anyways, we were, we were very different. And I remember one time getting a pity invite to her shitty birthday party and just feeling bad about myself the whole time. So anyways, I happened to see this girl. I happened to recognize her because she looked exactly the same. She was always like blonde and, and she was that very classic, beautiful, preppy, sporty girl 
And I said, hey, oh my God, uh, it's it's you. Like we went to school together. And she looked me up and down with her three friends who were these blonde, like cheerleader type girls, which I'm very opposite of. And she looked me up and down and she actually physically sneered at me. And then she said, ugh, I never went to school with anybody that looked like you. And then her friends all started to laugh and like call me a freak and say really horrible, horrible things. And so I thought, I don't care. I don't care for that fucking attitude. This is the only time I've ever done anything like this. So back in the day, I don't know if you could still do this, but you could get like, so if you had a big cup of uh, a drink, you could get it refilled before you left. And so I got my cup refilled with Coke. And then on my way out, oh my God, my cheeks are hot just even thinking about this. On the way out, she was sitting by the door and I fucking took the lid off and I dumped that Coke on her head and then I left the cup on her head and I ran. I've never done anything like that before or since. That was like the boldest, meanest thing I've ever done, but I fucking dumped it. And like to this day, I still think about that because I like I'm sure she lives in the city and I'm so scared to like run into her and then she would recognize me. I'm sure she has my face burnt into her mind. I just I got a liter of Coke and I turned it upside down on her head and I fucking ran. I ran. And we had, we knew people that were in the restaurant at the time and they said that they, all the girls, they started crying. They called 911 and it was just like a big ordeal. So anyways, when I say that I'm not popular, I mean, I'm not popular. (laughs) I'm not popular and that's okay. But don't be an asshole or maybe you're going to get a Coke dumped on your head. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know how to fit that into the podcast, but that's my last story. So cheeks are hot. I can't believe I told that story. Please don't call the police on me. Ah! Anyways, thank you for listening. I just wanted to give a last few shout outs. So number one, my beautiful sister from another mister from New York, Maggie. She's a business owner. She is just an incredible artist. Uh, She's so funny, you guys. I'm not even kidding you. Maggie, she is on Instagram at so pretty by Maggie. And her YouTube is called, uh, her YouTube channel is called Maggie So Pretty. So it's Maggie, M-A-G-G-I-E, and then So Pretty. Um, That's on YouTube. She's got really hilarious makeup tutorials. Please watch her because she's so funny. She makes me laugh every day. I have laughed till I've cried more than once with her on a weekly basis. So Maggie So Pretty on YouTube and her Instagram, uh, you can find her... And you can also find her on her personal page at So Pretty by Maggie. And then my wonderful pal DJ New, he has been giving me so many shout outs on his podcast and he's just the coolest guy. He's a DJ from Vegas. He's really great. He has a podcast on Spreaker. It's like S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. And it's also on Spotify, but it's called It's a New Day, N-U-U, New Day, uh, DJ New. He's so great. He plays super fun music and he's just been really wonderful and he's given me such great feedback. So check out his podcast, check out Maggie, check out her uh, her Instagram and her Facebook and her uh, YouTube channel. You can find Maggie on YouTube at Maggie So Pretty. You can find my pal DJ New on his podcast. It's a new day and you, you. That's it. 
Have the best day. Thank you for listening to my bullshit. And if you have any bullshit, please email me your bullshit because I want to read it. If you want to talk about creepy stuff, if you want to talk about neighbor stories, if you want to talk about your run-ins with like a personal hero or a famous person, please send it to me. So you can email me at Prosecco with Tony. That's Prosecco, P-R-O-S-E-C-C-O with Tony at gmail.com. Prosecco with Tony at gmail.com. Thank you so much. I'm going to shut up now. (laughs) Have the best day ever. Bye.